Welcome to the Made for This podcast. Today, we are talking about being tired, and I bet I'm not alone. A lot of us feel this way right now. Let's go. Do you feel tired? (laughs) I feel like when I ask this, in fact, I asked it on Instagram recently, and let me pull that up real quick because the answers were astounding. So if you are feeling tired, you are in really good company because, okay, 11,000 of you liked the post and agreed, and 750 of you commented on the post about why we feel so exhausted. So some of the answers that I heard that our bodies adapted to a slower pace and we're trying to pick back up after quarantine, that we're just traumatized, that we've all just been through a lot in the last year and a half, two years, and we're just exhausted, nearly PTSD from all of the stress of life. Somebody said that they just feel like they're in the middle of a lot of people that are angry. (laughs) And I get that. I get it. I feel more tired than I've felt in a long time, in years. And it's actually scared me. This is a great episode for me to be talking about right now because I have never been so tired, it feels like, because I just finished a huge project writing for you guys. I can't wait till it comes out next year, but that's a different day. We'll talk about that. But I I am exhausted by it. Just the things I used to do make me more tired today than they used to. And what I want to talk about from the book is that largely there are reasons we are tired that are external, and that's true. Um, more than ever, that's that's true. But there are also internal reasons that we're tired. In fact, maybe the biggest reasons we're tired are actually internal and not external. So Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or imagine, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory to the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever Amen. There is definitely a pattern in the Bible of God being able to do more than we can do, (laughs) of God being able to accomplish more through us if we would surrender to him. That is a theme throughout Genesis to Revelation, that our dependence on God and our relationship with God as we are going through this short life is paramount to our thriving, to what we can accomplish, to the actual blessing in our life and and relationship to other people. We have what we need. We've talked about already living water. We've talked about the verse that says he's the ox that is pulling beside us. And so therefore we get to rest because he is the powerful one. And you see throughout the stories of the Old Testament, you see God's power displayed through people that trusted him, that believed in him. And so I think one of the reasons we are all so tired is not that our bodies are physically tired. It's that our souls are tired. It's that the insides of us are exhausted. We've we've wrestled. We've been anxious. We have been distant from people we love. We have felt division rise up around us among people that we love. We have caused hours and hours of our lives to be spent online. And we're watching the world implode, it feels like. And all that's going to take a big fat toll on us, as we know. And so the internal toll that it takes is that we are exhausted, that that our souls are tired. It's not about hard labor. Most of us in quarantine did not get in our yards and really do a lot of yard work. You know, some of you did. Good for you. It wasn't that most of us were actually doing hard labor. Some of you were. 
But it was that we were, our minds were racing. Our minds were filled every day with news that was careless and not always well reported. And and it became that we couldn't even trust the inputs we were getting. And so therefore, you know, we all go on a hunt for what is true and, and people fall into conspiracy theories and people fall into all kinds of things. People fall into all kinds of things because we're exhausted and our minds are racing and we don't know what is true and what is real. What God is saying throughout scripture, and you see it in Ephesians 3, is that he actually has the power to do things that we can't imagine. That's what it says, that we can't imagine, that I can do and accomplish more through you and in you than you can imagine. However, the way that that happens is his power at work within us, from the inside of us, that the spirit of God would be alive and moving and real to you and through you and in you. And the Holy Spirit is one of those things, we've talked about it here, that it's hard to to get our head around, it's hard to get our hands around it, but he is a real person and he is issued to those that believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You are given the Holy Spirit and that Holy Spirit is meant to encourage you, to empower you, to strengthen you, to remind you of the goodness of God. And so our reliance on the Holy Spirit is up to us. We can lean into him and his power and his authority in our lives and his wisdom as we're going as much or as little as we choose. And what I'm suggesting in this is that, yes, we are tired, but we are more than conquerors, scripture tells us. And we can do a hard season of life, which we are doing currently. We can do a hard season of life together, not because of our willpower or our emotional health or everything in life, you know, working out right for us because it doesn't, it isn't. We can do a hard season of life because of the power of God that is within us. And we can do more than you can imagine, more than you can understand or think because of the power of God at work within you. One of the things I say in Nothing to Prove, I talk a lot about it actually, is that I realized that I was working for God instead of working with God. And I was trying to measure up and I was putting on a show and hoping that God was proud and pleased. And I realized that what God had really called me to in the scriptures was to work alongside of him, with him, not for him, that he was pleased, not because I had done something great, not because my works measured up. He was pleased with me because I am his child and my sins have been covered by the blood of Jesus. That's why he was pleased with me. He delighted over me because I was his kid. And and when he called me to purposes, he called me to work with him, to be beside him, to not work for him like he was a taskmaster and he had a whip in his hand and he was just disappointed or mad or, or I didn't do it right. He actually was working beside me his spirit was moving beside me. I've probably told you before that one of our values at If Gathering is that we work with God, that we watch him work more than we watch ourselves work. We do our part. We bring our fish and our loaves and they feel measly. And then he comes in and takes it to the ends of the earth. He comes in and puts supernatural power over the work so that it actually changes lives. And we've watched that so often that that's not a hard thing for me to believe anymore. But in the beginning, it was. In the beginning, it was, I have to measure up. I have to have a pure heart. I talk about this in the book, the beginning of the book. I talk about this crisis of of faith for me where I just, I didn't want to do if gathering anymore because of the pressure that it contained. I was leading so many people and everybody kept saying to me, I've told you this, that they kept saying to me, hey, I hope that you keep your heart pure. <laughs> I was like, that was a saying a lot of people said. I haven't heard it in a long time, but but at that point they kept saying, I just hope your heart stays pure. I was like, what does that even mean? I was like, I don't even start with a pure heart, y'all. Like this wasn't even like the prerequisite to leadership because I didn't have a pure heart to begin with. So how on earth am I supposed to keep a pure heart? And I kept this feeling of like, I'm not 
the girl for this. I cannot measure up to whatever this leadership role is and this movement that God has started to lead this thing because I don't even have what they hope I don't lose, you know? And it was just this constant, I don't think I'm the girl and I don't think I should be doing this. And I am certain if it depends on me, I will mess it up, which is a miserable feeling every morning when you wake up and you're leading something that that God is using. But what God taught me is I actually don't need you to measure up. I am actually doing this thing. I just need you to obey, to show up, to be, to respond to conviction, to submit yourself to, to trusted people that will correct you. I need you to be faithful. I don't need you to be perfect and pure. I need you to be faithful. I need you to show up and do the work. Confess your sin when you see it. Love people as you're going. Apologize for the mistakes you inevitably will make. And trust me with the results. And it was just a whole new way to do it. And I just can't even tell you how differently I function in leadership now. And I enjoy the process so much more than I used to. Hey, have you enjoyed this season walking through nothing to prove with Jenny? If you want to go even deeper with this content, Jenny's new Bible study coming out on July 13th is called Nothing to Prove. If you're familiar with Jenny's Bible study Proven, Nothing to Prove is just a re-released version of Proven with a new name, but the same great content. Too many of us are walking through life feeling as if we don't measure up. We always seem to thirst for more. We think if we could only work harder or be better, or we could maybe be enough for everybody. But the truth is, we will never be enough, and thankfully, we don't have to be. So join Jenny for this eight-session study as she walks through key passages in the Gospel of John to demonstrate how only Jesus is enough. We don't have to prove anything because Jesus has already proven everything. So July 13th, Nothing to Prove Bible Study is available everywhere. With each study guide, you will get free access to the streaming videos that go along with each week's homework. And so invite a few friends, invite a neighbor, and join us this summer or maybe this coming fall and do the Nothing to Prove Bible study. We will make sure to put all the info in the show notes for you guys. A question I want to answer for you guys is this. What are some common ways you see people limiting God with their lives? I think the bottom line to that question is this. We don't even believe God could do anything beyond what we could ask or imagine in our lives. We just survive. We just make it day to day, do the thing in front of us, and we never even test the bounds of what God would or could do through us if we fully surrendered and fully obeyed and lived out the purposes that he has for us. We barely trust him with our to-do list, more or less great works that God could accomplish through us if we actually just believed him and jumped. And again, I'm not saying this to put a lick of pressure on you. I'm actually just inviting you into the fun that I have in my walk with God. I feel like he always tricks me. (laughs) And I'm okay with it now. I wasn't in the beginning, but he kind of always tricks me. He's like, hey, it's like that parent in the pool that says, hey, just come into the shallow end just a little bit. Oh, good job. Yay. And then all of a sudden, you're like in the middle of the ocean and you're like, hey, now, This was not what we started out doing, you know? He just keeps pulling me deeper and deeper and deeper, but he does it face-to-face with his hands out, and he actually does help me do it. He is with me. I'm not alone out there, and I feel that way every day. Anytime an anxiety rises up in me, I usually can take it to him if I can name it, and sometimes I can't. Sometimes I'm anxious and I don't even completely know why, but if I can name it and I can bring it to him, I usually can trust that he has it. Now, 
I'm not saying that's not a war and that I'm not processing with him pretty deeply, but there is just this place of, you know what? You've been faithful for so long. You have been faithful for so many difficulties in my life. There have been times I felt like you weren't there that I I see later you were a crane holding me in place, even though it felt like I was falling. And I see it later, right? But he's, I'm older and I've seen it over and over again in my life that he is faithful. 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 And I do not say that tritely. You all know I've had my crises. If you've read any of my books, you read some of them. I've had my doubts. I've had my seasons of wrestling, but that wrestling has actually only made me feel more secure in his love. I trust him all the more. Again, I talk about Pilgrim's Progress a lot here. If you've never read it, I really encourage you to read it. Next to the Bible, I think it's the most read, sold book in history, just about. And and there's a reason. And what it does that I love is that it takes you into a fable of Christian, and he becomes a Christian on the road. But after he became a Christian, there were still so many pitfalls. There were so many ways that he became entangled in the world. And I love the story because God was with him, leading him. And he loved God. And yet still he fell into these difficulties. And and it was so comforting to me because I was like, this is the Christian life. We all act like you get saved and you clean up your life and it's all good. And like God blesses all the Christians. It's not that way. There are so many difficulties. There's so much happening in our faith and our personal lives every single day and every single one of us. And we cannot just sit there and act like, oh, everything's okay. This is a journey. This is a process. This is a messy, messy process. And at that. And so if that's you, if you're like, man, I'm in a pit, welcome to Christianity. We fall in and out of those pits. The The power of being a Christian, the power of what God's saying in Ephesians is that we have power within us to help us get out. And you saw over and over again in Pilgrim's Progress that, that Christian had what he needed because God was with him. And if he would just depend on God, he would be able to overcome that barrier and that, and that place where he was in a dark season or pit or the castle of doubt, whatever it was, he could do that thing because God was with him. He could overcome that thing. And so that's us. That is us. We don't have to live tired. We don't have to live exhausted. Now on another level, and we're going to talk about this more in the future. And I want to be really clear. There's, there's a real fatigue that's over us that we have to care for ourselves, right? We've got, I mean, I just went on vacation for a week and I couldn't believe it. I I got away. I told you about how tired I am right now. I got away. I took some days two naps and I slept through the night for the first time in my adult life so many nights in a row. And it's just because the pressure came off of me from this project and I was just able to relax and be with God and my family and friends. And I really rested. And, and that was a physical thing. That was a take a break from work thing. That was a um, nourishment with people that love me around me thing. I mean, it was, it was a thing, you know, I mean, that's, that's what you got to realize is rest is a real thing. It's not something like feeling better, right? We all want to feel better, but we can't totally control that. We all want to not be sad. We can't totally control that. But rest is a thing. Like it's something that you can do. It's a choice. It's an action. And it's through limiting our inputs. And it's through nourishing time with people that love us and we love. And it's through fun. It's through sleep. 
it's through taking care of our bodies. I, I'm in a season of going to get all my checkups and test everything, make sure I'm healthy. It's those choices that actually help us run this race. So I'm not limiting this to a spiritual practice. I'm saying it's all the things, you know, God built us as a embodied person, that, that we are physical, we are spiritual, we are emotional, we are relational, all those th- intellectual, all those things combined to make our personhood and all of those things have to be nurtured. So hear me say, we do need to rest our bodies, our minds, our hearts, our souls. We need to have fun. We need to play. And it's summertime. So I hope that this is a season, at least even if it's just a weekend or a week, that you actually can turn things off for a while and make some really good choices to recover so that we can accomplish all that God imagines for us beyond anything we could ask or think according to the power at work within us. I want that to be true of us as a generation. And to do that, sometimes we need to take a nap. Thank you guys so much for being part of this community. We do not take it for granted that so many of you show up week after week. If this is blessing you, we would love for you to go help this podcast be found by other people. And the way you can do that, first subscribe so that you actually get all of the episodes. You don't miss anything. It shows up right on your phone or on your device. And you know when we have a new episode. And then also rate and review. Your rates and reviews help the charts and that helps people find the podcast. So that's why we care about that. And let's be real. It's really fun to read your stories. Sometimes it feels a little bit like we are just throwing all these words out into thin air. And then we go read your reviews and they're so thoughtful and kind and it means so much to us. Chloe and I will text each other, you know, just to encourage each other. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Thank you.